I'm not thinking about that. We didn't play well. We played terrible. We played with no juice, no energy, and no fight. We happened to, with five minutes to go, decide to try to play a little bit better. That's just too late. I don't care where I'm coaching. I don't care if I'm at Timbuktu. You ain't going to play for me like that. That is not acceptable. And it damn sure ain't acceptable at Texas. So we'll watch the film. The film won't lie. And we'll address it. And we'll address it first thing in the morning when the sun's coming up. <laughs> Who was that? That was the uh, Texas women's basketball coach last night. Steely put that uh, one to, uh, together, so I thought I had to play it today. Vic Schaefer, the Texas head coach who was on the losing end as the OU women uh, rolled down whoop. to Austin and got a big uh, top ten road win last night. How about that? Nice. Uh, that's good. That's good. We needed some redemption after what we saw Tuesday night. Man, that what, – what conclusions did you guys and the text line come to with the ref army yesterday over the, the basketball game? Is this – are we worried that we've got meltdown – Yes. Uh, about to happen. Yes. <laughs> Just past year. There are scars from past seasons. Yeah. Understandably so, right? So, yes, there is a concern that Tuesday, night, Tuesday night's loss is going to mean a loss on Saturday, and then you got a couple of tough road games next week, and then the slide is, is, is really going to start. And, yeah, I mean, people were upset about the game. Everyone got excited about OU basketball. They go out and they lay an egg, but – there were also a lot of people upset about the uh, beer line situation on uh, Tuesday night as well. Uh huh. Yeah, and I what think it happened? was just one. I think it was just one of those nights where y- y- you probably leave that place mad at everything, you know, yeah. because of the uh-huh. game. Like if you win, if they win, do we hear complaints about the beer line? Maybe not as much, but it just goes into the frustration of the evening. The, the beer lines were too long. Apparently, is what we heard a lot of yesterday. I thought we addressed that. We, that's something we had talked about previously. Well, you know, um, I hate that the beer line was too long. And I, you know, you got to look at the bright side. At least you weren't watching the game during that moment, right? <laughs> Whenever you're standing True. in line. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, it feels like, like whenever we get a steal or um, a rebound and we've got a, a nice outlet and we can get out and run, we're a dangerous team. But as we've gotten into conference play, and it's always tough, I get it, but it feels like our half-court offense has totally gone away. I, like there's nothing there. If we're just going back and forth, possession by possession – Half court offense, like we we really struggle. If if we're not rebounding or getting a steal and getting out and running, like we're not generating a whole lot of points. Boy, that uh, that I mean that comment's true, but it really hit for some reason because it made me think of something else on campus in a different sport. Can can you guess what I'm referencing there? If made to go slow, it's not great. Yeah. It gets stagnant, but. If they're able to get out and run and have tempo, then that's when it's at its best. Yeah, women's gymnastics. I was <laughs> yeah, it's kind of thinking the same thing. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. Um, you know, and, and 
I don't know. I don't know why that. Is. And, well, let me say this: that could be a stupid take. I don't know. It's just kind of as I watch it, that's what it feels like. It was true if, the other night for sure. Their half court offense yeah. was not great. So if if we're taking the ball out of the net, and whoever we're playing is able to get back and get on defense and get set up, I, it feels like we just don't have a whole lot of a whole lot of uh, stuff happening on the offensive side, but. I don't know. You know, and we've seen this before in this conference whenever you have a, what you feel like is a good team and you get into conference play and it, since the 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 competition is so good, it doesn't take very long for people to figure you out. And if they figure you out, you're going to have to prove that you can evolve to win basketball games. And it feels like we've been figured out. You know, we've, we've, what, um, I guess, you know, it's not too bad out of our, we're, we're, we've lost, we've won two out of our last five games. I mean, that's, there's been worse stretches for sure, but it's not going to get any easier anytime soon. No. So we're going to have to evolve a little bit and find some growth on the offensive side. Because defensively, I mean, I feel, like I'm not going to sit here and say like we are, you know, just incredible on the defensive end, but I feel like we're good enough. We we just need to grow and evolve on the offensive end. It feels like yeah, but and that's why I felt confidence, you know, a few weeks ago that maybe the collapse wasn't going to happen this year. Not that they were going to win the conference, but that a right. collapse wasn't going to happen because they had more options out on the perimeter as scores. Because I guess what, the most notable collapse that we've seen from an OU basketball team has to be the Trey Young year, right? Yeah. And he was kind of their sole scorer, and we saw teams start to bottle him up a a little bit, and that's when the losses really started to mount up. So I like that this team had a lot of different scores, and not that they're bad on the inside. I I don't think that they're bad, but this is the time of year in league play where it seems like whoever's the best in the post, you know, those are the teams that really kind of rise to the top and start winning some of the bigger games here down the stretch. And, you know, Hughley can do some nice things. Um, they got to stay out of foul trouble down low, that's for sure. But I, I got to see this guard play. Like, JV and McCollum's can't score nine points consistently and have that bad of a shooting night. Like, we listed yeah. so many reasons why they lost to Texas. But Max Asmus scoring as many points as he did, and McCollum shooting the way that he did and only scoring nine, like that's a big part of it too. Yeah. Yeah, he uh, he got outplayed. Three of 11, um, just made the one, one three there out of six attempts, nine points. He, you're going to have some off nights. I get that, but, you know, it's – it's frustrating when your off night comes in such a big moment, you know. So, I, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, I did look at the next eight games in the uh, BPI on ESPN, who they favor. Now, uh-huh. take take it for what it's worth because BPI said OU should have won on Tuesday and they lost. BPI says OU should have lost to Cincinnati and they won. But BPI favors OU in five of the next eight games, including – against 20th-ranked Texas Tech on Saturday and top 10 Kansas at home on February 17th. They favor who yeah. you to win that game at home. So they BPI says they'll win five uh, of their next eight. And if they do that, if they beat 
what, Tech at home, who's a top 20 team, and KU, who's a top 8 team, they win five of their next eight, then I'll, feel, I'll start to feel really good about things again. Yeah. What road game does it have them winning? UCF? Uh, no, it has them winning. Let me go back and find it. Oh, Oklahoma State. Yes, correct. Oklahoma State's yeah. the eighth game, yeah. Um, yeah. I, hey, if they win five out of their next eight, you got to be incredibly happy with that. I would take that deal right now and not think twice about it. Yes, please. Yep. Yep. That's right. Um, you know, the the game against Tech is going to be difficult. Yeah, I'm looking at it right here. Like the, the matchup predictor, uh, you know, on ESPN has a 63.3% chance of winning that game. I don't know. Um, I The numbers may say that, but it kind of feels like, uh, maybe that tech game aims aims you in the direction that maybe the rest of the season goes. That's kind of what I I mean. Maybe that's way too reactionary in a long season, but it's it's hard for me not to feel that way right now. It's it's going to be a good indication of what the rest of the year looks like. Yeah, and maybe that's right. But we're healthy, right? We're healthy. We're at home. Um, we're coming off of an eye opener. I. There shouldn't be a motivation factor. There shouldn't be uh, anyone thinking that we're we're better than what we are. I, everything is there for you to go, you know, win the basketball game. So if you do it, feels like maybe that's a get right game, and then you're back feeling good about yourselves, and and maybe you can win five out of the next eight. But if you drop it, like, and you lose those two games back to back at home before you go out on the road to, to K-State and UCF, who UCF's beaten, I mean, the big they've beaten the big dogs at home this year, haven't <laughs> they? Yeah. I mean, well, the UCF won at Texas, and they beat KU at home. That's a couple of nice wins in, uh, in league play. I like Vinnie Paul's idea for the offense. If they're not going to run and gun, then they need to put the ball in Jalen Moore's hands, force opponents' bigs to foul. Just give the ball to Jalen Moore at the free throw line and let him jump from the free throw line and dunk on an entire team. Because I'm convinced that he could probably do that flat-footed. Just jump from the free throw line and hammer it on everyone. Well, you tell me. I mean, you've got the better eye for basketball. Why do you think that it feels like it stagnates in the half court? Um, I, maybe not enough guys or maybe not enough guys are trying to make plays off the dribble. Maybe you're not getting enough inside. I I don't know. I I just think this team is more comfortable playing up tempo and and it's better with guard play. And that probably plays into it as well. Like I I, I can see this team wanting to be more up tempo and free flowing, getting more open shots, but I'm, I'm still surprised that it looked that, that stagnant in the half court the other night. Yeah, I mean that that really really surprised me. And uh, maybe that that's not a good representation of kind of how it's been. Maybe it's just a kind of a one game scenario. And there's something about Texas and personnel wise, or or what they did, how they played, that kind of forced forced that on us. But you know, I don't know. Recruiting Doomer Two says BPI was at seventy six percent for Oklahoma to beat Texas. I don't think BPI is a very good measurement. LOL. That's why I said take it for what it's worth because it's yeah. been wrong the past two games. But here's what it says for the next eight games. It says five and three for OU. Maybe then that means OU is going three and five the next eight. I I don't know, but if they go five and eight, 
I mean, I may, I may be, I mean, Tech at home, that, that's kind of a big one. Like, if you said you just win your home games over the next eight, then that means you beat number 20 Tech, you beat number 21 BYU, uh, you beat Oklahoma State, and you beat number seven Kansas. All right, that's going four and eight just winning your home games. Now, you're going on the road to play K-State, who's four and two in conference right now, really good. Uh, you're going on the road to play UCF. We've seen them. I think they've been better. In, they're uh, 500 in the conference right now, but I think they've been better than people imagined. Um, you got to go on the road to number 15, Baylor, who, I mean, we all know how good they are. I, I think four and four is fantastic over your next day. Would, you would take that too, right? Oh, my gosh, yeah. Yeah, seriously. Jay and Ellick says, fellas, I don't think it's reactionary at all. This game Saturday is a must win. We have to beat the Techs of the conference at home. I think the last yeah. point there is the best. It's basically saying, yeah, they're good. They're having a nice year, but this is a game that you, uh, that you need to win at home. Um, LaDonna from Lubbock says, sweet baby Jesus, please let us beat Tech on Saturday. They need some humility. And I think I'm I about to really disappoint LaDonna from Lubbock, and I hate doing that. But um, there is a tech grad that lives in our neighborhood, mm-hmm. and uh, he invited my wife and I to the game on Saturday. He had two extra tickets, so I am, uh, I'm going to the game with a tech grad on Saturday. Nice. I don't know if it's going to be nice. He's probably going to hand me some batteries when we, when we walk <laughs> in the arena. I have not seen tech play this year i'm just looking at their schedule right now and i guess maybe you could you could make the argument that um you know they've only played the five conference games so you know they're four and one in conference their only loss is at number five houston and they got they got got beat by 20 20 plus i mean they beat texas on the road which is a nice win texas top 25 at the time beat oklahoma state at home uh, no big deal. Beat Kansas State at home uh, by one. Nice win there. And they beat BYU at home. Um, you know, pretty good by seven. So a very so, favorable start in league play for them. And the best team they played, that game was on the road, and they got housed in that right. one. Right. So, I mean, I maybe they're, maybe the, the number next to their name and where they rank in the in the Big 12 standings is a little – above where they are um but i mean they lost to villanova they lost to butler and they've lost to houston those are their three losses <laughs> that's a pretty good pretty good little list of teams to, that you've yeah. lost to you know well are you still well thinking known. about going or uh, did tuesday night's results uh, take you out of the equation for 1 p.m on saturday uh, can can or have we been promised better beer lines yet Mm, I don't. I don't think that that's no. I don't think that's the case. You might just have to sneak in your own. So, did we get to the root of the problem? Was it was it just purely a lot more people drinking beer, or do we have like a, a employee a shortage of of servers? Well, I I don't know. I mean, I, I wasn't there on Tuesday. Now they had the two dollar beer night for the West Virginia game. And remember, mm-hmm. I playing the audio clip of Porter saying that I'm going to make sure more beer stands are there because I was getting complaints about it earlier in the year. 
So they had more yeah. beer stands available for Tuesday. I don't know if they went back to the original amount of beer stands for the Texas game on Tuesday night. I think that would make sense. But that was the best crowd they've had all year long. Back to the original number of beer stands. I guess the more I think about it, the more it doesn't surprise me that maybe there was a long line. If there wasn't the Wait same amount as the previous week. You're telling me that you said it makes sense that they would go back to the same amount of beer stands where they got all the complaints? Maybe, How does that make well, sense? Well, because maybe they thought, okay, I, I shouldn't have said it makes sense, but they expected uh, a lot more people maybe to buy beer when it was 2 bucks versus the regular price, and it wasn't $2 during the Texas game uh, Tuesday night like it was the previous night for West Virginia. I, I don't well, know, dude. I, I was yeah. there. Maybe just more people meant more people in line. No, no clue. Yeah, I don't know. I probably they had a lot more people in line, and I don't know. Maybe the the two ver- like if it's a five dollar beer instead of a two dollar beer. I mean, I think if you're going to the game and you're going to drink a beer, you're pretty much at that point. It's a it's a sunk cost. It really doesn't matter the price, you know. Uh, I don't know, there. but um. It's not a good combination whenever you've got a fan base that's chomping at the bit, super excited, playing your your big rival, and then you get blown out and there's long lines. It's just it's not a good situation. But here's the thing, man. I, I, I hate it that it went down that way because I think Porter Moser's done a really good job. And I don't think – I mean, I know there's some – I don't want to call them haters out there. There's people that are critical – and I understand that, but I don't think he—I don't think those those folks give him a fair shake with the situation that he stepped into, and the situation, the timing, and what has really happened in college hoops since he took over. I mean, the the game has totally changed. So I don't know. I'm still I'm still uh, behind Porter Moser. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hour number two rolls on next. Talking Sooner football is what we do. This is The Ref. If you're invest, a mind is a terrible thing to waste, but a wonderful thing to invest in. Brought to you by UNCF and the Ad Council. Hey, life doesn't stop when cancer starts. After diagnosis, treatment is vital. But for some, just getting there to appointments, chemo, or radiation is a major challenge. You can change that. Volunteer to give rides with the American Cancer Society Road to Recovery Program. Driving for a few hours of your day can make a life-saving difference for someone with cancer. Visit cancer.org drive to learn more. Great job by the Bucks this year. Todd Bowles, Dave Canales, the offense coordinator, thought did an excellent job putting them in positions to win. Baker, I thought, played really, really well. A really good season based on the expectations uh, and the fact that I don't know if they were a great team overall, but they achieved some big things, winning a playoff game. You see it. A lot of good things in this offense. A lot of good things by Baker Mayfield. Really liked the way that he played. Loved the way that they battled this year. Just came up a little bit short. And a lot of the little details is what ended up costing them. They're Super Bowl champ, Super Bowl MVP Kurt Warner on Baker Mayfield and his season. Pretty cool to hear there from Kurt Warner. Um, a bit of good news, a bit of maybe unfortunate news for Baker today. 
He is a finalist for the uh, AP Comeback Player of the Year in the NFL. The bad news is that he's lost his offensive coordinator again. Dave Canales is heading to the Carolina Panthers. So once again in Baker's career, he will have a new OC if he's indeed the starting quarterback of the Tampa Bay Bucks next year. Well, he at this point, I would say I don't think that's going to be much of a factor. He's been forced to uh, to flex that muscle so much that he can probably go into any random NFL uh, offensive game plan room and pick up their offense in no time at all. Uh, you know, once you get used to it, you can you can kind of map it out in your head. So you think he could go to different. New England and say, okay, so we like to run it on first down and get a one-yard loss, incomplete mm-hmm. pass on second down, incomplete pass on third down, three and out, and we only score about six points per game? Okay, yeah, I can pick that up yeah. quickly. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you just got to figure out what the goal of the offense is. And in New England, it's get to the punt team as fast as possible. <laughs> so pretty much, that's pretty easy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, it's No, I it's uh, that's got to be frustrating for him, but um you know, if they're going to bring him back, hopefully he has I mean, not necessarily has like say in it, but like maybe be you know, in the process to some degree um with a system that he knows or likes or a, a coaching tree that whoever the candidate is that comes from and, and you know what I'm saying? Like hopefully he has a little bit of influence in, in some degree over the direction they go. Well, hopefully whoever the new OC is says, all right, let's get Baker back. Let's get Mike Evans back. And Baker, let's just make sure to throw up, up top to Mike Evans as much as we can. Yeah. Yep. If they want to hire me just based on that, I, I, I'm more than willing to do the job. I can't give you much more than that, but we'll, we'll throw to Mike Evans down the field. <laughs> I, I, you could be the offensive coordinator over there on the sideline with the uh, walkie-talkie. Okay, uh, first and ten, throw it up to Mike Evans down the sideline. Mm-hmm. I can bring, Second and ten. <laughs> I can bring two Evans. things. I can bring two things to the Tampa offense if they're listening. One, we'll throw it to, to 13, as Mike Gundy would say. We'll throw it to Mike Evans. Two, I will make sure to tell our offensive linemen if we play the Lions next year to block Aiden Hutchinson, those are the two things I can do for yeah. Tampa's offense. Like, hey, guys, unlike last time, let's make sure to block him off the edge. He's, he's pretty good. If only, you know, every team should have, like, an offensive coordinator who you have to, like, you have to figure out how to design the offense, uh, you know, schematically to be able to block it to be able to get things to where it all functions with the right lingo and it all makes sense for people to learn and absorb. Like, you need that guy. And then you need, like, a play caller. Well, let's run it to the right side or throw it e- deep to Evans. Like, that's really the guy that you need. Why does the play caller sound like a hick? Well, because that's how we all sound in our living room whenever we're okay. telling the offense what to do. <laughs> Sounds like he's going to gun it down the field. I, I like yeah. this guy, whoever he is. That's yes. right. Uh, oh, boy. Cool Mojo says, Lincoln Riley to Tampa Bay for the OC job, LOL. Simultaneously, mm. I would have to root for Baker while hoping that Lincoln Riley failed miserably. 
Mm. That would be tough. That's funny, though. Uh, you think Lincoln's going to try and uh, latch on to someone someone else's success and, and go try and be a part of it? I don't know. Well, I do. He I, did that two weeks ago when he was standing there on the sideline of the Bucs-Eagles game. You know, it is interesting, though. Um, I, if you think about it, he's been saying for quite like pretty much that entire last off season and regular season that he doesn't sound like he's like just thrilled about being in college football right now, nope. right? And that's part of the reason a lot of people were trying to tie his name to a bunch of uh, a bunch of gigs out there. I I wonder, like obviously he's. He can't just go out there and point and click and say what he wants, but man, I wonder at some point if he's like, "Yeah, I'm. I'll take an offensive coordinator position in the NFL." I I could see that as uh, as soon as a year's time. He's he plays three top fifteen teams in the first six weeks of the year. Who LSU and Vegas, win or loss? Um, I'll say loss, but I. Who I don't I have any idea what's going to be happening at LSU at quarterback. Do you? Who's who they? I think Garrett Nussmeyer is their plan. Oh my gosh! Yeah, not Jaden Daniels. Utah State. Will and their be defense o- is terrible right now, right? LSU. It, it, it was awful last year. They may they overhauled that defensive staff basically, but um, yeah, it was like the worst that LSU's defensively has been in like a long time. It was it was well, terrible. I'm just telling you right now that uh, LSU. Right. You think your defense was bad last year? Uh, wait till you find out how much, uh, like how many problems a guy like Jaden Daniels just makes look like they're not even there. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And Nussmeyer, I don't care how good he is, he ain't Jaden Daniels and he ain't going to be close. He ain't going to be able to bail you out of every situation by just being able to pull it down and run for 80 yards. So 0-1-1 USC, they lose to LSU. They'll beat Utah. I don't in- know, man. I don't, I, I'm not so sure about that. I'll say that right now, but All right. on the fence. Utah State at home, you'll give them a win. Yeah. At Michigan. Loss. Wisconsin at home. Man, that's, a, that's an interesting one. Smart hire by Fickle, bringing in Grinch, who knows all the secrets of that offense. Give me Wisconsin. One and three USC traveling to Minnesota. Wisconsin's going to beat Alabama and USC in their first like three games of the year. I can't wait. At Minnesota, one and three USC. At Minnesota. Ooh, um,. We're going to be watching that. Um, oh gosh, running back went up, transferred up there, right? Uh, Tawi, yes. Tawi, no. Yeah. Tawi's at Wisconsin, and oh, Marcus Wisconsin? Ma- Marcus Majors at Minnesota. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, Tawi's at um, was it Michigan State? No, I think Tawi's at Tawi's at Wisconsin, right? Really? Yeah, okay. I think Tawi's at Wisconsin. Uh, yeah, Marcus Major. Um, I think they'll beat Minnesota. Uh, boo! Penn State at home. Now it won't loss. be a, it won't be a big game, so James Franklin can actually win it. So you're going with loss <laughs> at Maryland. Win. Rutgers at home. Win. At Washington. Loss. Nebraska at home. Loss. 
Whoa, okay. At UCLA? This is awesome. Uh, win. Notre Dame at home. Loss. So that is one, two, three, four, five, six, five and seven season for Mule Shoe at USC. Five and seven? Yikes. You I'll, give him, I'll give him six and six, uh, 500 football team. What they end this year? They seven were and a seven and five team, eight with a bowl win, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That bowl win, that quarterback is is that who's going to be their quarterback next year? He looks so Miller good Moss, and they got the oh uh, the gosh. transfer from UNLV from this past year. So one of the two. Oh, that kid was pretty. I mean, it he really doesn't make as much sense in Lincoln's offense. I mean, he ran like a option style offense, but man, that dude looks so good in that bowl game. That was that was really nice. The star Talk- has faded significantly. But mm-hmm. if you're any sort of right, and it's a five and seven, six and six year, the star it, w- it will go from the star is faded till it will it will turn ugly in a hurry for that guy, R- real yeah. bad. Well, you know, I think that they should roll with the uh, the Moss kid who because he was a passer. Lincoln's system is made for a passer that's going to throw the ball on time and on target from the pocket. Not a guy that's going to do what Caleb Williams did. I mean, that's not Lincoln's system, and I think it hurt them as a team. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll hit some things that caught my eye next. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network. There are trucks. Then there's the truck. GMC Sierra with available features like the V8 engine, the ultimate luxury interior, and of course, the available world's first six-function multi-pro tailgate. GMC Sierra, not just deserve your seats today. Visit Soonersports.com. What caught Teddy's eye brought to you by Yala Gosney Law. Have you heard hiring a lawyer makes your insurance claim take even longer? Not at Yala Gosney Law. They work to keep your claim moving forward and fight delay at every turn. That's Yala Gosney Law at 405 800 8080. 405 800 8080. Let's get to it. Story number one is uh, I thought this one was funny. Uh, an Oklahoma State uh, student, biomedical sciences student, Kyle. Atkins Weltman, he discovered a new species of dinosaur whenever they were looking through some fossils or whatever uh, it was. He's an elite club. Um, you know, not a whole lot of people discover a new dinosaur. And the new dinosaur is what they're calling, quote, chicken from hell. <laughs> yeah, it's okay, a- <laughs> you, you got me interested now. It's a human-sized dinosaur that had a bunch of feathers, massive claws, massive beak. Um, but it, it's just funny. Chicken from hell. Uh, the best part about it is the student looks exactly like Vinnie Paul, the uh, the former drummer of Pantera. Looks just this like actually perfect. This is great. Black beard, long black hair, and tattoos pretty funny um the chicken from hell thought that was pretty awesome um did you see this uh Keishon Boutte, the wide receiver from lsu arrested uh felony charges for um 
computer fraud for putting in an alias and and lying about his age and gambling uh, and gam- gaming under 21, arrested, $6,000 uh, bail he was out on, but he was betting at games whenever he was at LSU, placed 8,900 wagers during his time there and at least 17 college games and six LSU games that he played in. Yep. Yeah, we were running the numbers during Locked In today. It was like uh, 12 to 15 a day, and that's if he started right when he got to LSU. So according to the warrant, during 2022 and 2023, uh, Booty deposited a total of $132,000 into his account, and he won a total of 556000 but used most of that money to make additional bets. Apparently, he withdrew $50,000 from the account. So he was gambling a lot. There's videos emerging now of the game against Florida State this year. And I remember this, man. Jaden Daniels and Kayshawn Booty, like LSU fans are really excited about that. And Kayshawn Booty had a terrible game, man. Mm-hmm. Just running weird routes, dropping passes wide open. And you can't help but think, like, huh, there's something going on here during this game? Yeah. Uncharacteristic of this guy. But he's it's in interesting. Well, that tells me he, when he placed that many bets, like this doesn't sound like he was gambling. It sounds like he was a bookie and he was placing the bets on the site. While you know what I'm saying? While yeah, he's, for sure. uh, I mean, those there's no way you could place that many for yourself. I guess you could. I mean, I don't know. Maybe people do that, but sounds kind of like an operation to me, uh, especially the fact that they're going to go in and arrest him and charge him. and uh, I mean, that's pretty serious. While at the same time, up in Iowa, uh, it looks like the some of the former players that were charged in that situation in Iowa have lawyered up and are are coming back against the, the prosecutor in that whole situation saying that, um, like, the way that that whole thing went down was not ethical. So I don't know. We'll see what happens there. Um, this last one I got, I thought was interesting. Uh, the head fake with the Falcons, <laughs> it's not Bill Belichick. They've hired Raheem Morris is, as is, their next head coach. Is Belichick going to get a head coaching job? I mean, the Seahawks, that's, that job's still open, right? I don't know if he's if he's interviewed there at all, but I don't know. Um, I thought he was going to be a pretty hot commodity on the open market, but he may be end up without a head coaching job this year, and he's really close to breaking the all time wins record. I know he's like you can fire me like halfway through the season after I break. The, I don't know how many away he is, but um, yeah, that's interesting. I don't know. Or um, he Morris been a head coach before? Is head coach there at? at uh, Tampa there for a, a short stint as well. So that's all I got. This happened two days ago, but we were doing the basketball pregame show, OU in Texas. Joe Maurer uh, elected to the yeah. Baseball Hall of Fame. Todd Helton as well. A couple of uh, – well, Todd Helton was a former college football quarterback. Joe Maurer was going to be. He was a five-star coming out of Minnesota, committed to Florida State and Bobby Bowden, but he was selected number one overall by the Minnesota Twins instead. But – Seems like Joe Maurer made the right decision. Todd Helton did as well, going with baseball instead of football. Yeah, I hated to see that Gary Sheffield didn't make it. Um, that was his last opportunity, right, unless he gets in as a special case. Um, 
But yeah, Joe Maurer, apps like that. That dude's a stud. Yeah. Uh, if you ever have a chance to go to Cooperstown, it's not an easy place to get to. It's in upstate New York, hmm. but it is. Uh, it's it's worth it. Cooperstown nice. is 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 really 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 cool. Hashtag boycott Pizza Hut is trending right now on X. Really. Pizza Hut is facing backlash and a potential boycott after some photos shared on the Pizza Hut Israel Instagram account appeared to show the company providing free pizzas to IDF soldiers, which is Israeli defense sources in the country. So I guess they provided free pizza to IDF soldiers, and some are saying, uh, boycott Pizza Hut, we're not eating there anymore. Okay. You know, I, I typically feel like most of the people that charge in on these boycotts are not eating at uh, Pizza Hut anyways. You know what I'm saying? But, wow. That file that under, uh, that goes in the least shocking category. You're in commercial real estate. How yeah. do you feel about the potential of the OKC skyscraper? I don't know if it has a name. That's going to be what one thousand nine hundred and seven feet tall. Is that is that the correct number? I yeah, I think eventually it's going to be a million feet tall. Yes, right, as yes. they complete it in sections. Let's hope so. Do you like it, love it, or hate it for the OKC downtown skyline? Well, I I think any time. Well, I shouldn't say any time. The idea of another large building down there, I think, is like the timing is not great. Um, it's really not what Oklahoma City needs at the at the current time, and like the so it's like a modular design, right? What's the initial phase? Like you you'd keep adding as it filled up, right? Isn't that how it was laid out? I yeah, maybe something weird. Uh, they could start it and do the initial phase, but they're never going to get to where it's the tallest. So I mean, I'm just kind of like whatever. It, it would look hilarious, I think, and it would be funny if OKC had the tallest building in the United States, if that was if that well, was the thing. Well, it looks like we do already. Uh, if you don't know... You can see it from about 150 miles away, I'm pretty convinced, the Devon Tower. Yeah, the Devon Tower, like, surrounded by the rest of the the downtown, like, the scene there makes it look like it's the Empire State Building, so... Yeah, it'd look, it'd look really weird uh, if we had a, the tallest in the country. Uh, not going to happen. All right, quick timeout. More from The Rush coming up. We'll wrap up hour number two next. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network. There are trucks. Then there's the truck. GMC Sierra with available features like the V8 engine, the ultimate luxury interior, and, of course, the available world's first. Bring you this hour of The Rush. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. Do you think you could solve a murder mystery in four minutes before we hit the top of the hour? Okay. Yep. Let me get some uh, murder mystery music going here, and let's see. Okay, let me set the scene for you here, all right? All right. Last regular season game of the year for the Kansas City Chiefs, January Mm -hmm. 7th. Three men died that night, or maybe that night, after freezing to death in the backyard of a watch party. Three men in their Mm. 30s, 38, 36, and 37. Local police located the bodies of the three men frozen to death on January 9th in the host's backyard, two days after the watch party. The homeowner, who is alive, insists he had no knowledge the bodies were there. 
He says he wasn't made aware of the dead bodies outside his home until the fiancé of one of the victims broke into his back door after she couldn't reach her soon-to-be husband when she noticed a dead body in the yard. Now, a fifth man has since come forward saying he also attended the watch party and all three victims were alive and well at midnight on January 7th, the night of the game. Meaning the three bodies froze to death sometime within the 48-hour period that night and when the bodies were discovered. Where was the homeowner during those two days while family members of the deceased men say they repeatedly tried to contact them? He says he was asleep for the full two days, (laughs) exhausted after the party he hosted. This is all Um, the information we have right now, but boy, it doesn't add up. What do you think, Inspector Lehman? I don't know. It sounds like an insane party. Um, I think there's definitely a bunch of drugs involved. Uh, probably, I. I wonder if by the time the homeowner woke up, like the guys had already been out there and dead for quite some time. I mean, because I could understand that, depending on what the backyard looks like, and it's like below zero, it's not like you're going outside to cut the grass and snoop around in the backyard. Um, It's hard to say. I mean, I think there's like plausibility that he didn't know anything about it. You just got to figure out how they died. There may not be a murder to solve here. Well, they froze to death. I mean, that's that's how they well, officially well, died. But are you saying that maybe they actually died from something else and the bodies were just found frozen? Right. Drug overdose. I, I don't know. I mean, it's weird that they were hanging out outside. I mean, it was not not temperature where you're like, you've got some, there's like a, a part of the party's like hanging out in the backyard. It's not one of those nights. It's a, you know what it, I'm it was saying? a night where only a meth head would hang out outside. Is what you're trying to say? Correct. Yeah, correct. So I don't know, man. That's wild. It's a wild story. Now I saw the headline. I never, never read the story, but that's pretty wild, man. Yeah. Um, Didn't God. a guy that was at the game that had his shirt off? Have to like go to the hospital from hypothermia. I, yeah, yes, yes, yes. I, I, I think I. We, we remember Patrick Mahomes' helmet. I, I don't think I've ever yeah. seen a helmet do that before after a hit. But I right. think there were some players that ended up getting really affected by that weather. Which I was, I was up there that weekend. It was, it was stupid, stupid. Yeah, it was, it was bad. I, you know, there's been some incredibly cold games throughout the history of the NFL. We all know about them, but you know what you don't see in those games? You don't see people in the stands with their shirts off. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> yeah. You know? It tells you everything you need to know about society. It's like steadily trended downhill. So Inspector Lehman is not ready to call for foul play just yet. He needs more evidence. Not yet. Need more evidence. Uh, I do think it curious that Ooh. the dude just straight up uh, was not answering anyone, trying to figure out where they're fiancés or boyfriends allegedly wow no (laughs) i've been there i've been there you know i've I've been there i've had an extended recovery period before myself all right quick time out more from the rush coming up we got the final hour next